The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Time to release your mouse, turn your speakers way up, and hang on to your hard drive as the SEO Rockstars log on to Rock the Net right out of the stratosphere. Prepare to optimize your Tuesday evening jamming and spamming with the always highly ranked SEO Rockstars. Guaranteed to be a night filled with great memory. Good afternoon, everybody. It is an actual live show. It's August the 22nd. It's 4 o'clock out here on the left coast of the country. How you doing there, Greg? I'm not sure I can do the show today. <laughs> Why is that? Because I need to go build Hootia sites. Got to build some Hootia sites. I hear... Because I can make a million dollars a month. Make a million dollars a month selling Hootia. Organically. Yeah. Through search. So, We'll have to talk about exaggerated claims made by affiliate people. Oh, come on. Affiliate managers would never make an exaggerated claim about any program they promote. Yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. And by the way, just to plug a sponsor, if you guys want to do Hootia, the best deal out there is with Joe Bucks. Damn straight it is. It converts the best. It pays the best. Unfortunately, I'm not making a million dollars a month selling it, but... <laughs> If we're making a million dollars a month, you probably wouldn't still be doing this show with me, i got to say. Well, well, let's do the math real quick. So Look Keyword Discovery says 100,000 searches a day for the term Hootia. So if, at $33 per conversion, if you were able to control all 10 spots on every major search engine on the planet and you were to capture a 1% conversion rate, you would make a million dollars a month. There you go. Those are some really big ifs. So the point in uh, SEO Rockstar land to remember is that search can never com- compete with email spam because our, we don't have control over the total numbers. They're, we're always confined by how many people actually type stuff into the little box. You don't have, you don't have nearly the reach. Uh, we can't go out and put our message in front of 20 million people in 24 hours. Because we have to wait for somebody to sit down and type in words relate to our stuff. So when you hear people saying that you can do organic search and make a million dollars a month, take it with a grain of salt. It's it's you know it's push versus pull. It's just right. not as many pulling as many people pulling that data. I mean the other the other thing that you used to hear all the time, and eBay has really backed off on it, but they used to always go on and on and on about how people were making you know over a million dollars a month with eBay. What they would neglect to tell you is that the guy that pulled a million dollars out of eBay spent, you know, six hundred thousand dollars of that on a PPC campaign. Exactly. Not that four hundred thousand dollars a month is not, you know, healthy living, but you know, it's you got to get in between the lines in the affiliate world. And you know, not to say that the guy on Jeremy's show from XY Seven was, you know, you know, outright line. I'm sure they have got some guys making a ton of money, and there's some great programs there. But dude, it's the affiliate world. Smoke and mirrors, and if you want to win a car, you're going to be email spamming. Let's let's get to the point, right? 
double opt-in, triple, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you got to do that kind of volume. And that's that's just, you know, so that's just kind of the deal. And, with, and, you know, keep in mind, too, that email spamming is terrible conversion. It's a lot less, it's a lot lower conversion um, because of the push factor than the search conversion is going to be because it's people actually looking for it. So you have to have some massive, massive lists to go out there and make that kind of dough with any program, paying out, you know, 30 to $50, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's still ridiculously low open rate and then low click-through rate and then even lower click to conversion. Right. So, And that's not to say, you know, those aren't good deals to go do. Just it's got to be realistic. Exactly. But speaking of, you know, look, reading between the lines and making sure you understand everything that's going on, it's been brought to my attention that uh, you have a new little uh, verbal disclaimer to avoid. Oh, yeah. I'm just getting, uh, are you just getting the memo right now? I just got the memo. Yeah. <laughs> But, of course, there's no prepared copy. So this is the point in the show where we tell you, listeners, that pretty much everything we say is our opinion. <laughs> and don't believe what we say because, you know, if we offend somebody, it's just our opinion. We're not don't, – don't sue us. <laughs> this is the point in the show where we politely ask you to not threaten to sue us. Oh, and the other thing, too, yeah, and it, it's, it's our personal opinions. It's not the opinions of our employer – <laughs> or your employer, because I don't have an employer, or our wonderful boss, Mr. Babin, or Webmaster World, or I'm sorry, <laughs> did I say that? Webmaster Radio FM. <laughs> I think we, we we need to build that into the theme uh, music up at the front of the show. Oh wait, wait, wait! No, I, I got the real copy. It says the views and opinions expressed on this program are opinion and do not reflect the views and opinions of the station management or its ownership. There you go. Stunt doubles in the chat room. He goes, for entertainment purposes only. Exactly. That is, that's absolutely perfect. Um, speaking of stunt double, sitting in the chat room, he's going to be our guest on the show. We're going to bring him on in a little bit. We actually planned ahead, got a guest, going to try and not be completely random. Um, for those of you who don't know him, his real name is Todd Malicote. He's got a blog over at Stunt Double. S-T-U-N-T-D-U-B-L. Minus the vowels, right? What's that? Minus the vowels. Right. For the one. I'll post it in the chat room here. And uh, so we asked him last week to come on the show, and I got to take issue with one of his readers. You're familiar with SEO BuzzBox. That's a fellow named Aaron Pratt, is it not? <laughs> That's what I hear, yeah. Okay, well, so, so Todd posts on his blog that uh, he's going to be coming on the show and uh, anybody have any questions, anything, you know, that uh, you should bring up on the show, any topics and that kind of thing? First guy to post on the blog is Mr. SEO Buzzbox. He says, I kind of forgot about Rockstars because its focus was way too much about jamming and spamming. If you could help bring the show back in line, it would be great. I'm interested in things that have lasting results in search engines now. Talking about spamming is like being part of a lame circle jerk. And all I can say is, Aaron, how do you know what it's like to be part of a lame circle jerk? That's a good question. That's a very good question, isn't it? I thought so. And, and Okay, and bring it back in line, that's like saying that we drifted from our original mission. I don't ever remember saying that our mission was to regurgitate Matt Cutts' blog <laughs> on a weekly basis. 
I don't. And how can you drift from a mission when you never actually had one? Exactly. It's even a bigger question. So the real mission of this show is to talk about whatever we feel like. <laughs> exactly. And I feel I feel we've done that. And you know, and the other the other thing to take issue with here is you know. We have had some shows, clearly, where we've talked about spam techniques and so on and so forth, but by and large, this show, when we actually do get down into SEO and technique, we're not talking about, I mean, everything we're talking about is just beating the engines and getting the rankings. It's not about blog spam and guestbook spam and, you know, sneaky cloaking and all this and that. The vast majority of what we've been talking about lately has been some decent lasting, you know, stuff. Managing a 301 to a subdomain, getting out of the sandbox, all those sorts of things. Um, I think perhaps Aaron's just been away too long. Well, it's funny, you know, he, I offered to fix a p- little project of his, and he said no, so. There you have it. Could have learned, but. It wouldn't have been a lasting result. Probably damn not. Shame. It's a damn shame. Well, what's, uh, what's new and exciting? Is there anything new and exciting we need to discuss, or should we just go to break and come back with our guest? Well, let's go to break and come back and pick on Junior a little bit. That sounds like a plan to me. Hang tight, everybody. We'll be right back with Stunt Double right after these messages from our sponsors. Stick around. SEO Rockstars. We'll be back after this short break. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source. All while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby! TextLinkAds.com For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Turn a crank in the can. I took on Rob from Best of the Web, who beat my ass. 
I don't know. He just he got me. I have no excuses. I wish I had an excuse, but I don't. He got me. If I was going to go into a sumo outfit and wrestle someone, I would have picked someone small. Why did you pick someone so big? Dicky, you, you son of a bitch, you. You went up to him and told him that I challenged him, and then they go, shoot money to the front line. And I go up there, and he's like, what, what, you want a piece of me? And I'm like, I was told you wanted a piece of me. And then you come over to me, and you're like, hey, Rob says he's going to kick your ass. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what you did. Income with Shoe Money. Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed are those of the guests, hosts, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Commercials off. Now back to SEO Rockstars. Let's rock. Here's your host. Oh, man. They got the disclaimer actually worked in to the yeah. comeback from commercial. I think I think we'll have to get with the boys in the studio and, and do a... We have to do some kind of re-record of that and get it to... Well, my suggestion up. was it should at least be us saying it. I, I think so. I think so. So... Hey, hey! You know, I just found out uh, Aaron Pratt. He's designed the perfect rain barrel. He, he you know, so, oh yeah, I know. So himself. So it's perfect. Make a million dollars a, a month. Hole in the top and a hole in the bottom. <laughs> now, interesting though, because I'm on Todd's blog right now and I'm reading the suggestions or for questions, and once you skip past the first one, they're all great. Yeah. So we might have to go through those and actually talk about them. I think so. But in the meantime, we should see if we have our guest of honor on the air. Are you there with us, Stunty? I am here, guys. There he is. How you doing, man? I'm hey, well, not too bad. Good, good. And and I got to say, I got to disagree with Aaron as well. I, I think the show needs to go a little bit more black hat. Um, you I, know, I, maybe you got to bring Jake back for for uh, uh, for a week to get him to spice things up a little bit. Now that you got the disclaimer, you can yeah, get even we, more scandalous, right? We, we, we did actually get that complaint uh, a fair bit for a while, too, where, you know, people were like, come on, where's the, where's the evil? You guys got all soft. But, uh, no, we just got smart. There you go. Because the thing is, I talk about it, it stops working. What is it, Tuesday? So by 12.30 tomorrow, anything that gets mentioned tends to go away. Something so like that. we have to talk a little more, you know, kind of between the lines. Well, and you know, and here's kind of what it boils down to. We, we were having a little bit of a chuckle listening to, to Shoe Money's show um, just prior to this because, you know, everybody knows, everybody and their dog knows that Shoe is the ringtone man. Yep. And uh, he was, you know, he was talking ringtones way back when he first broke in, and uh, ringtones are great. Uh, when he came on our show, right? Yeah, absolutely, when, we, when uh, he was on our show. And now all you ever hear him say 
Ringtones or we're at the tipping point. It's starting on its way down. <laughs> we're on the down no money slope, left. yeah. I wouldn't waste the time because they're on their way out. And I remember <laughs> on our show initially I was like, wow, I'm not so sure I would do that if that's the area's making money. You know, I talk about the general things I was doing, but I'm not so sure I would just tell the world where to go. True enough. But on the other hand, I haven't known the guy to make too many slip-ups from a promotion and marketing standpoint. No, he's, he's good. So, you know, I think, you know, maybe it was all part of the master plan. I mean, he's, he's been, uh, literally, in all of my years doing this, he's been uh, one of the fastest rising stars I've ever seen. As far it, as in, any guy that travels around with his own personal photographer <laughs> to document every move he makes is, impresses the hell out of me. That is quite something. But speaking of rising stars, we do have Mr. Todd Malicote, Mr. Stunt Double, on the line, and uh, done a lot as far as making a name for himself in the last little last couple of years here as well. Uh, Todd, why don't you give us a lowdown on just what you're up to? I know you were over at We Build Pages for a while, then you uh, decided the bathrobe life was the way to go, and uh, how's that working out for you? What's the future hold? Yeah, it's been great. I pretty much uh, decided that clothes were for suckers, and. Uh, Went the went the bathroom route mainly just to kind of get the balance of life back between uh, just working all the time and uh, doing doing fun stuff. So traveling around and you know uh, just doing doing the better things life has to offer, I guess. Um, so when I was at WeBuild Pages, I was doing doing that during the day and my own sites and stuff, some consulting stuff at night and all the blogging stuff. So it just turned into work all the time. So I just got back into relaxing and kind of doing it on my own now, and uh, mainly focusing on consulting and uh, some of my own stuff, and really just spreading things around and, and taking it a little bit more laid back. Excellent. Um, yeah. Where, yeah. Where's, you, where's your balance? Are, are you more on your own stuff or more on the consulting side of things? Um, so far, more on the consulting side, uh, but been putting together some sites and uh, Kind of doing, I guess not not so much the the way that Greg goes about it with performance based stuff, uh, but more just kind of revenue share kind of stuff, uh, looking for good projects that way, um, and uh, just good partnerships, just people that can kind of complement what I'm doing with strategy end of things and uh, putting stuff together and uh, project management and people who can actually do fulfillment and the other side of things. So. Okay, so two points. Number one, you don't have to wear clothes here in my office. You don't want. It. <laughs> and number two, did I if I mentioned before how good the weather is here? <laughs> just want to throw that out occasionally. Always always be selling, both you and Todd. <laughs> yeah, just so you guys know, when uh Todd decides to go solo, he's probably the most sought after guy, you know, in the business and everybody started throwing offers at him and come work, come work, come work. And um he chose the solo route and we all cried. Exactly. Well, I mean, as soon as, like, you know, it's exactly that. As soon as he went solo, I was all over him, too. I wanted to try and get him come down, work for work for range. and you know, I would so have we... slapped him if he would have done that. <laughs> you know, well, we had, we had he brief... had to work in for the, the corporate machine. <laughs> but it was a very short uh, conversation. Yeah. But... I was like, dude, you got to come work for me. He's like, oh, maybe. Stringing yeah. me along right off the uh-huh. front end. Maybe, maybe, you know, what do you got to offer? I said, well, what do you need? He threw out this this, this dollar figure. I was like, dude, I can't can't afford to hire you at that. And he goes, it's your own fault. You made me, you told me to charge that. Uh-huh. Well, 
I know. I feel like, in a way, we created a monster. I learned my pricing strategy from the best. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally take back everything I said. <laughs> All those great negotiation skills. So, you know, <laughs> uh, but so part of me is thrilled that you're doing great because uh, I love the solo life, and but the other half of me wishes you would hate it. So somebody <laughs> wake told up, me already. come to California. Somebody's told me already the first first day I'll probably hate it is when I wake up at, or get up from the computer and realize it's 7 in the evening and I haven't even taken a shower. So. Oh, those days are great. <laughs> Those are, yeah, what's wrong with a day like that? Man? You know, the weird ones were when I would I would be going to bed. When, when I started out, my wife used to work for a, a pretty popular coffee company, and she'd have to be at work at 5 a.m., and I'd be coming to bed as she was leaving to go to work. We'd just pass each other in the hallway. It's like, wow, this job is pretty weird. And you would just get caught up like that in three pots of coffee, and you would have no idea what time it was. That's when you know you're solo. When when inspiration strikes, you can go with it, though. That's, that's the beauty of it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you, as far as uh, the type of consulting you're doing, what are you specializing in primarily? Like strategy development, link development? I mean, any particular area? Yeah, uh, kind of the strategy development. So I, I've been going into a couple different places and uh, just kind of seeing what they got going. And it's tough because no matter where you go in, there's always something different. You know, they got different marketing staff or they got different IT staff or, you know, they have these rules set up in their HD access that nobody can touch because it will bring the whole deck of cards, house of cards down. And so you kind of go in and look at what's there and look at what's available and kind of uh, just put together a three-month, six-month, year-to-year plan kind of for them. And, uh, and you give them the uh, plan A, plan B, and plan C? Right, right. So if this doesn't fly, then, then go this route and... Yeah, just trying to put together the the best course of action, and then failing that, you know, if, if there's no cooperation from over here, then try to, you know, if you got to zig, then zag, or if you can't zig, then zag. Now, let me ask you if you've experienced this. I mean, I know for me, when I first started, I was, uh, I was pretty much in that, you know, white hat camp. We didn't really have a name for it back then. And then when I started doing kind of this larger solo consulting stuff, that's when I kind of woke up and went, wow, a lot of these purest ideas don't fly in the real world because there's all these reasons why companies can't do it the perfect right way. And I found myself just being in a position where I had to come up with some kind of solution, whether it was ideal or not. So I'm wondering if you're experiencing that and if if it's kind of changed your overall thought process on that good versus evil thing. Yeah, a, a little bit. And I think uh, I remember reading that on your about page and, and being a uh, uh, a little disheartened when, uh, when on your your views of working with larger companies. Uh, so far, I haven't ran into it a whole lot. Um, my my techniques always been going and make friends with the geeks first, right? Uh, because they're the guys who are going to get it done, and they're the guys who can make it fall to nothing. You know, they're the one who can bring it to a grinding halt. So if, if they can't get it done, and they tell everybody else they can't get it done, then it's not getting done. And you can always make friends with everybody else later. So um, you know that's that, probably the best piece that, of advice I've heard in a long, long time. Actually, <laughs> yeah. The, well, the, the geeks are great too. You know, at heart I'm a geek, and I, I used to do that stuff, and I know it's a thankless job. And you know, well, that's not, not usually where get... the path goes, right? It always typically goes through the marketing department first, and the geeks are the last people you meet. Yep. If you if you get to meet them at all, right? 
to so let me ask you a question. How no. do you go about getting to the geeks first? Oh, that's, that's a good question. Um, I think uh, you, you just try to as much as possible and, and apologize in advance <laughs> because you know the consultant going in, they're going to hate them already. Right. So I, I'm basically the first thing, I, they're seeing me walk in the door and just going, oh, my God, i am just, just got ten times the workload and I just got to think of excuses of why I can't do all this stuff. So, you know, if, they, if you can kind of talk them out of that attitude going in, you, you stand a better chance of getting some stuff done anyway. Uh, this, this is, this is going to seem a little random, and, and I'm, I'm not doing this to pick on you at all, but, I mean, you're probably walking into a lot of these situations where you're dealing with, you know, uh, tech guys and marketing people that are significantly older than you. Because you're still, you're still one of those young pup kind of guys. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, let's, and, you know, not to totally dig on you, but I've seen, I know you. I've seen your picture. Yep. You look like you're 18-ish. <laughs> Yep. Being generous there, so he'll get targeted for smokes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, he'd be the vice president of the Seth Wild Club. Right? <laughs> the, we know three or four of these guys that just are really bright and look really young, and just never look like they're old enough to have the beer in the hand. And exactly, you're in that club. I'm sorry to say. Well, but not Seth's even worse off because you know, you know, at least you know, Stunty. There, you got the you can grow a goatee of sorts. Poor, poor old Seth, he just, he's struggling. Yeah. yeah he I goes, figure it'll work out when I'm 40 or so. so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, but, yeah, uh, yeah uh, going in, it's, it's tough. And, and But it's just the same as anywhere. You know, you just got to prove it with with what you're doing. And uh, I think kind of the understanding of what you're doing is, is the best way to best way to prove that. But, yeah, I, I certainly faced that going into a place. And the first couple times I did it, it was like, oh, my God, I'm walking into this place where, you know, they've been here for years and, they're, I'm just kind of forced upon them. You know, they don't really want to be here, and they don't really have any goal or desire to get get this by and to do anything here. Um, so it's it's definitely a hurdle sometimes. I mean, it pro- it's probably getting to the point now where it, it it's it's more or less old hat. You you've got your confidence level up there, and you're you're pretty cool to go in and just do the work and deal with what's going down. Do you, do you recall, like, the first time you went in on, on like, some significant-sized client and you just scared shitless sitting down across from, like, a CTO or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I had one where I went in and I sat down to about, uh, well, I guess I had one even further back than that where it was just sitting down with, with a guy who, you know, came in once a month. He was the uh, CFO or CTO or CEO, one of the three. And uh, he came in like three three days a month from another state, you know, flew into the company. And he was just real adamant about teaching me something. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't really have a lot to lose going in, and I kind of kept that, that mentality going in, even though it was one of the first times. And at some point in the meeting, I realized that I kind of had him sold when, when he was trying to sell me on how important his company was <laughs> after uh, I had just showed him a few things and really just kind of uh, stayed low-key and uh, kind of ambivalent about whether or not I did work for him. And, uh, he, w- he was pretty excited. and, and You know what? I think that's that, the key. You know, you know the more you try to hunt them down, the more they're not going to want you. Is, is coming in with the attitude that I don't, and honestly, like, I, I turn down some larger companies on occasion because, like I said, I don't really dig doing that kind of work. And they really get appalled. I mean, they're just stunned that I don't jump through hoops have their name on my resume sheet 
And I think I learned that early on. It's like you, if you go in with that attitude that I'm going to get the work either way, so you can either listen to what I'm saying or not, but I'm, it changes everything, and I think in the long run is a much better approach. Got to get Absolutely. a little cocky. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. I just got, uh, got news from Mr. Intern that uh, we have Stunty's MP3 promo on hand. Oh, we do? Yeah, he uh, made himself a little little promo. So why don't let's do this? Let's uh, on the way out to break here. We're going to roll the promo, and then when we come back, let's jump into some of the SEO stuff. That uh, let's go through the questions on his blog. Absolutely. So hang tight. Enjoy the the stunt double, the premiere, the Webmaster Radio SEO Rockstars premiere. Although I think it might have been played somewhere else before, but we're going to lay claim to the premiere here today of Stunt Doubles promo. We'll be right back. Train five hours a day, seven days a week. Get ready to get started. What is it? It's a 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 it's around seo rock stars we'll be back after this short break for the Internet Society. Coming soon to webmasterradio.fm. Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Susan Glutton dishes up delicious news and gossip while interviewing the glitterati of the Web 2.0 world. Dishy Mix, this fall, only on webmasterradio.fm. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with Value Click Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more 
more details. Value Click Media. With over 30,000 clients and eight years of experience, West Host is not your basement hosting company. Starting at $3.95 a month, West Host offers the lowest price virtual private server technology in the industry. Yet, they don't sacrifice their world-class data center or superior 24-7 client support. Sign up at westhost.com today and get the hosting technology and real support your business needs at prices you can't find from other hosts. Westhost.com. That's westhost.com. W-E-S-T-H-O-S-T.com. When you expect more from your web host. Commercials off. Now back to SEO Rockstars. Let's rock. Here's your host. All right, folks, we're back. Just a reminder, we now have a legal disclaimer, and uh, really the reality is that if you do come after us, we'll just resample the show and make it sound like Stunt Double said it, and you can go sue him. So that's our new plan. That's why we're now having guests. We're going to blame everything on them. Blame everything on the guest. <laughs> I knew it was all set up. <laughs> there you go, absolutely, dude. Um, I, I just, before we jump into it, I just got to say, there was this uh, dude sitting in the chat room during uh, during Shoe Money's show, and uh, I can't remember, he was going by Joe Swapsell or something like that, and he's got this site called SwapSellTrade.com, which, now that I've set it on Rockstars, is going to get absolutely burned to the ground, but uh, people are kind of laughing at him, and it's a really a horrible, ugly site, and so he bailed out of the chat room, and then somebody posted a link to uh, Ripoff Report, which, if you haven't been, is really quite cool. You just go to Ripoff Report, punch in a company name, and they got all kinds of stuff about people that have been you know, reported being ripped off by that company. So this swap-sell-trade guy, he's not a nice guy. Okay, but here's the thing. Let me give you my quick thing on Ripoff Report. It's, it's, it's a big extortion racket. Oh, sure it is. But I've had a... a I can't tell you, it's the most common site when people come to me and say, can you help me make this go away, it's not true, or whatever. Outranked. So I don't think they do a great job of actually verifying anything that goes on the site, and they throw it up there just because they know it'll rank and cause people grief. That'd be part of that disclaimer where it's my opinion, but... <laughs> and you know. uh, and it's not like there isn't just ads everywhere on the site. Well, the easiest thing to do if you really want to screw a competitor is file a thing on Ripoff Report. Mm-hmm. Whether it's true or not, they don't check. It goes up, and uh, there you go. You type in Google, and it'll show up. There you go. Okay. Well, let's evil get, tip of the day. Let's let's get down to business. I got to go back to Stunty's blog because, of course, I closed my browser. Yep, there's some good questions on here. Got some really good questions. Um, Greg, why don't you pick one, and let's jump into it. Um, well, let's uh, let's skip number one, because we already talked about Mr. Pratt. <laughs> uh, so number two from Hawaii SEO. Good buddy Dave here. Um, he wants to know about purchasing an old website. What are the steps of you know, making sure that, or determining whether somebody might be willing to sell, and 
what are the clues to look for to help indicate, you know, that it's a good eye, it's a good site to pursue. Um, so I'm curious, you know, if you, if you, now that you're doing your own projects on the side, have you dabbled in, you know, site acquisition at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I kind of always did that one a little bit on the side, and uh, I, I knew this one was going to come up as soon as as soon as I posted the, the uh-huh. question, asked me a question. I knew this was going to be one of them for sure. Uh, since back when uh, when I was at We Build Pages, Jim uh, Jim and I came up with a tool kind of to to go after uh, getting old sites, and uh, he posted something about it, and I, I walked in and about wanted to just wring his neck that day. Uh, because it kind of fell under one of those, you know, just like you were saying earlier, as soon as it, it was like on a Tuesday and by like Friday afternoon, everybody wanted to know about how to buy an old site. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it kind of kind of treads into that area, even though it's uh, pretty well known now. Um, and, and I certainly do. I, I certainly go out and try to try to buy sites. Um, and it's it's surprisingly like like a link request almost um, or like a upsell link request, like a pre-sell page or something. Um, so it's it's really kind of a hunt and discovery process. Um, you just using creative queries uh, the same way that you'd use you know um, your keywords plus add URL uh, back in the day to come up with a, right, a right. query list of you know places to get reciprocal links. Um, if you think along those same kind of lines uh, to to find an old site, um, it's pretty amazing what you can come up with sometimes. Uh, then you kind of take it a step further and actually. The day that uh, there was something called Domain Research Tool uh, came out, and it reminded me of a, a realist for, for links, basically. Um, so it kind of automates that process. So I'm probably pushing it one step further, but uh, that tool is out there, and uh, I think he priced it up pretty high now. Um, but it was basically to automate that process a little bit. Um, so when you start getting a bunch of uh, can I buy your website requests, uh, you can blame that tool. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's the whole thing. You know, this is one, because we do a little bit of that ourselves, and this is one of those questions I always call a bar question. Yeah. So if I was sitting in the bar with Dave and he asked me that, I would I would tell everything I know about how to do it. Because telling him personally still... wouldn't flood the market with people doing the same thing, which dilutes the chance that somebody's going to respond to you positively. It's kind of like the link request thing. Back in the day, before there was software automating that, you send somebody. It was much easier to start up a dialogue and get a link. And now, because of all the automated tools and everybody doing it, you know, nobody really gives you the time of day. So it's. Uh, and I'm wondering why Dave wants to do that. Doesn't he work for a big company? Yeah, he must yeah. be spamming and jamming on the side. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little spamming and jamming on the side. Yeah. Well, you get you can never have too many Hawaii sites, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, the other thing you can do, and you kind of have to have critical mass for this, but I know it's worked for both Greg and I. Is just you know go post it on your blog. I've got a fantastic site that way. Right. Just by saying, hey, I'm I'm looking to buy some sites. I, you know, you got absolutely beat to death with all kinds of horrible crap that people were trying to unload. But uh, if you're willing to take the time to sort through it. Um, it's a great way to get some some uh, some leads on some good sites. Well, and I think you also have, a, have to have a good idea. Of, there's a lot of different things you can do with sites that you acquire, and and that becomes kind of the driving force because there's some domains that, in and of themselves, might not appear to have much value, but depending on how you apply, 
what you get out of that to you, you know somewhere else, you might be able to get some great mileage out of it. So you have to have a good plan of what you're going to do with the domain before you start looking. I think. And that bring, you know, and then there's a follow-up question down here at the bottom. Kind of, I'm kind of jumping around, but uh, MetaPilot posted on your blog. He he starts talking about, you know, what do you do if you pick up a domain at an auction, and it's got a bunch of links out there pointing to it from some poor neighborhoods because apparently at one point the domain was used for a little spamming and jamming, and uh, the new site that's going on it doesn't have really anything to do with that, and he's asking. You know what do you do with those links, and how do you deal with that? Yeah, so so these guys must have all known that I was the green guy on the radio, and uh, asked all the tough questions that they probably didn't even get answered in the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm going to tread lightly on this one as well, uh, just because. Uh, well, here's a cool one. It, I, to me, it's like there's two questions here. Yeah. No, my question back to him is. Why the hell did you buy a domain at an auction that you didn't thoroughly research and know that it had a history of spamming and jamming? So why are you in this position to begin with? So that kind of goes back to that site acquisition thing. You do need to do your homework. Well, but the reality, too, here is that, you know, inbound links, who cares? I mean, in in theory, quote-unquote theory, an inbound link can't hurt you because you don't, you don't control that. Yeah, in theory. In yeah. theory. We all You're know really that, one <laughs> that statement is. Yeah. <laughs> but Metapilot, he does hit on a topic that, you know, he starts asking. So he, uh, he has been paying attention because he starts asking, maybe should I redirect those links to a competitor I don't like? Or should I redirect them at a different project? So I think he... Uh, Metapilot's in the chat room. Oh, he is. And he bought the domain because it's his company name. It's his oh, business. well, there you go. So that's okay. that's a perfectly good reason. Now, see, the, what it boils down to at that point, then, is obviously you wanted the domain and you want to use the domain. Is it? Can you determine if it's actually suffering? Is it, is it penalized? Has it been kicked or banned or whatever because of these links? If it if it has, then you've got some work to do. If it hasn't, then. Do whatever you want. That seems like a, a pretty good best practices kind of thing now. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but if they're, they're, chances are they're not doing you any good. Uh, if, you're, if you're serving them a 404 when, when people come from there or when Googlebot comes from there or when, you know, anything you can do to, to redirect that traffic, um, it just seems, you know, it's not going to hurt your site if they're, if they're cruddy links. So uh, okay. why, not, why not spend a little time and get rid of it? Exactly. Yeah, and the, well, the question I'd ask is, what is the, the makeup of the anchor text of those links? I mean, what was there a specific phrase that was being targeted? Um, or are the links just the company name? I mean, that would have a lot to do with it. But there's a lot of ways you can test. You can, you know, get back into doing that conditional redirect stuff where you point the bot somewhere else, point it at a sample page, and see what that page does. Um, oh, those are good terms. All right, Metapod posted the terms in the chat room, and... Um, if those are terms you're looking for... It sounds like it was an affiliate site for the Sharper Image or something. Right, right. So, you know, I would just do a little testing to see if you think there's a problem with the domain. That's really your only worry. And if there is, you just need to do that beg and grovel thing. Mm-hmm. They'll usually reset it and give you a second chance. Yeah. And if there is no problem with the domain, but you're going off topic from all those other things 
then, uh, yeah, redirect those. Build yourself a, an air purifier or a memory foam website and bounce Googlebot over there. Certainly couldn't hurt to see what happens. No, because, you know, you can get really screwed buying a domain that has anchor text that's about, that's about something different than what you do. That's right. Um, I was looking a while back, and I, I did a search for Amish furniture. Don't ask me why. I can't really remember. <laughs> But some, some company that sold go-karts, matter of fact, if you do it on Google right now, the fourth result is gokartusa.com. These guys went and bought an expired domain out of ODP that used to be an Amish furniture site. But they're clearly not showing up for go-kart stuff, and they rank for amateurs, uh, I mean, Amish search terms. So that's not the brightest business decision in the world. I like that go-kart USA had Amish furniture content on it at some point. That's yeah, interesting. Unless well, no, I think what they probably, my guess is they probably redirected the domain they bought. Ah, uh, Maybe. there you go. I can't remember. I, but those are the weird little things that can trip you up and cause problems when you're dealing with something that's already existed. And let me see, where it where was, uh, there was... There was actually some follow-up on the buying domains, and I don't want to chew up the whole show on it, but I think we should back up just a couple of things, a couple of questions in the chat room that came up on that, and uh, so how do you price what to pay for a site, and does the who is change not matter? Um, well, the pricing is going to, I mean, that's, that's going to be all over the map. If there's any sort of revenue associated with the site um, today, whether it's AdSense or some kind of affiliate revenue, so on and so forth, you need to verify those numbers, uh, the accuracy of those numbers, and then you need to determine some sort of multiplier on, you know, on a monthly basis of what you think it'll take to get that back and what's acceptable. At the last website I bought, we used a five-month multiplier on the AdSense revenue and came to a price that way. And I've been told that's great. I've been told not so much. What do you think, Mr. Stunty? Um, yeah, just like you said, it's going to really depend heavily on what the revenue model is. And, and like Greg said, there's you know a dozen different ways to monetize or use a site once you buy it. Uh, so it really depends on you know what is going to be a value to you and what is currently a value to them. So if you offer them one dollar more than it's worth to them for the next you know year or five years, um, that's that's what you need to, to buy it, and it needs to be you know worth it worth your while to do it. Um, I actually did a I'll do the shameless plug here quick of um, I, I got this question so much of how to evaluate a website that that's usually what I really use my blog for is the FAQ section kind of thing and uh, it went through it in depth of different revenue models and kind of some of the ways to, to value a site based around that um, but the, the short answer is you know offer them one dollar more than it's worth to them um, is, is what you're looking for in terms of negotiation um, that that would be the short answer, I guess. Where do you I also have to make sure that the revenue is something that you can actually replicate. And I, as an example, you know, we were out looking for sites, and, and I, I kind of like to fish around. You know, the keywords I want, I like to look for sites that are in Google, but maybe are ranking below 50, right? So the idea being, they're in striking distance, but they're probably not making any real money per se, so maybe it's somebody who's motivated to sell. problem is you get some of these sites that are affiliates, and if they're on any kind of a rev share, or if it's not a, a CPA kind of affiliate thing, 
the amount of money they may be making because they've been doing it for so long can be pretty substantial, even though they're not getting a lot of new sign-ups every month. So if they're earning off the lifetime of people they sign up, the amount of money they would want to sell the site doesn't make sense because I can't come in as an affiliate and inherit their their base of people that they're earning on, right? So th- that kind of kills the deal. So it's pretty depressing. So you want to make sure if you're talking to somebody about revenue and even if they can verify it and show you, here's my checks, is that something you could step in and actually take over and, and earn that same amount or would your slate be wiped clean? You have to start from scratch. For sure, and, for sure. And, and, and the flip side of that is probably, uh, no, ahead, of that's probably true uh, as well. You know, if it's a content site that there's been no monetization on, where they've just been hobbling it along for years and years, that's kind of the the zen of what you're looking for. Those right are now. the good ones, right? Those are, you know, that's what everybody's hoping for. Is, is somebody who just had that great site that they've been hobbling along that they just never figure out a way to make any kind of money on it. And um, and and then you almost feel bad about those. So yeah, here's the guy that registered domain in '97, has been writing this content, has never even heard of AdSense. You just feel like you're stealing it from them, but offer him a real good price. And, and You know, yeah. at the end of the day, if he walks away happy with what he got for the site, you know, that's that's just good business. The other thing, if you can if you can get down to the guts of, of what's motivating that person at the time, in the instance, I, I bought a website that uh, a guy had developed, and he was heading back to school, and he didn't quite have the cash for his tuition. So that, you know, knowing those sorts of things, it's, it's like any negotiation, any business dealing, it's all about a little bit of leverage. Not that you want to necessarily take advantage of a person, but you do want to, you know, get the best bang for your buck out of that sort of thing. So we should probably move on to Gray Wolf's question. Let's let's do that. Because he always asks great questions, and they're always like the ones, the profound ones that make you think hard. Um, he asks, you know, what are the three tips that you don't think enough SEOs are paying attention to or doing? Right now, um, the the real big buzz at, at SES seemed to be around the social networking kind of stuff, and and I would say that's absolutely the place you know that most people are looking. Is it is it overhyped? Probably in some in some instances, but in other instances, there's not not people looking in the right areas. Um, so I think a lot of the theory behind you know social networking and everything else uh, is is one of the one of the big one of the big emerging fields that where the money is going to be made. So I would say that's definitely one. Um, let's see. I probably should have came up with answers ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't allow that. Yeah, no, I know. You're, you're not allowed to. Well, I was thinking back. about doing, you know, I was doing prep with Todd, and I was like, uh, I am doing and I said, you know, what do you want to cover on the show? And here's a couple ideas. And I said, that that wouldn't really be like true rock star form, though, would it, to, to prepare no, stuff no, ahead of time? No, not at all. <laughs> no, I, you know, the, the social thing is, that's a, I, I'm kind of torn on that one. I mean, I think a lot of people are reading way more into it than it's ever going to material, at least as far as how it impacts and influence search. Uh, I'm not yeah. really sure, I you know, I know in know, the big world they want to incorporate that kind of information, but that always gets back into letting humans, us, impact how things rank. It, we'll figure that out. It, it, I, and I, I'm really on the fence with social networking as well. I mean, I, I don't have a dig account. I don't have a delicious account. I've, I've never 
gotten into that stuff. I don't even go to those websites to, to look at anything. But I, I got thinking about it after this last SES when, you know, we're sitting on the, the last panel of the, of the conference. Uh, I was uh, with Dave Naylor was up there. And, and he threw out an uh, a idea that eventually the competitive research that we do now on Google and Yahoo and MSN is going to go away. And you're going to get to a point where you can only go see site and link counts for sites that you own and are and you you know authenticated to, similar to you know the site maps sort of thing. Or the new I don't know if you've been to the Site Explorer. Yeah, we've updated that a little bit. You have to log in, and it's the same kind of thing as Site Maps or the program formerly known as Site Maps, where you have to register that site to get more information on it. Exactly. So as that competitive transparency goes away, the game is going to get very, very interesting. It's going to get a lot harder. Where do you go to find out what's going on with a competitor? And, you know, places like Dig. Well, and you go Lucious to Dave so Naylor, of course. Well, you do that. But if you're not in tight with the naked Englishman, you go to his blog, people, and you'll get why I said that. <laughs> Swear to God, that's him. He claims it's not, but it's him. Uh, you know, you go to Delicious and see how many people are bookmarking a competitor's site, what they're saying about it. Um, and you can actually, when you go in through one of those doorways, whether it be Dig or Delicious or whatever, it's actually amazing the amount of information you can find out. You can't get, okay, while well, they have X number of links, but you can get a pretty good idea of what's going on. Well, let me let me ask you this. about I mean, this could follow-up for Todd, is, is being as big as social, the social thing is in our space, in the tech world, it doesn't translate into the other, like, my, my mom doesn't know what Dig is. So what do you see, my question is, do you, do you think that it's going to spill over into vertical markets and become the way that all sites operate in all spaces from, you know, the site about the stay-at-home moms that are into knitting I mean, are they going to have dig and vote functions and those that kind of social interaction? Because I don't really see it yet, and I'm just wondering what's going to be the catalyst to push and spill it out of our tech world into the, the rest of the web. Um, yeah, I think there's there's kind of a good and a bad to the social networking. The bad is everybody's looking for this magic bullet right now, so they see MySpace doing great and all this other uh, all this other social networking technology coming out, and they're going, okay, where's where's my buck? So they're they're looking for that magic bullet, and and I don't think it's necessarily that. That was a lot of the buzz it felt like to me around SES was just tell us the secret that we need to know to make all the money. Right, and, right. Uh, and just like any SEO, and and that's definitely not the case. Um, the the good part to me is you know the the geeks are going to rule the world now. Is you know dig and all these other social networking. No one but a geek is going to sign up for an account and take the time to sign up and actually tag stuff and look at stuff. Um, so to figure it out and kind of that initial learning curve, even even with MySpace, now that it has the adoption, it's still the geekier people that are on there. So it makes it easier to target your demographic, really, by taking, taking a, a geeky angle to whatever it is you do. Um, so my favorite example of that is I give Grey Wolf the shout out there, uh, how to get your non-tech sites into DIG. And I think, uh, uh, Todd, if you remember, he had a couple, oh, a couple of them, like uh, Metabolite, and uh, how to get your just... Well, I, I posted on there 
when he was when he wrote that, I posted, "Yeah, well, what if your site's about phenamine?" And he he beat me up on that one because he he could he claimed he could do it. He, he even had an answer for that one. So he has like yeah. the the network administrator's review of internet dating sites and like um, <laughs> uh, how to how to track your investments using AJAX and Ruby on Rails. So yeah, exactly. I think you know it's it's just getting those decision makers and getting that initial kind of critical mass from the geeks. And then it's in front of everybody, and then you know, then they'll see it, and then they'll vote on it, and they'll do everything else. So, it's it's kind of uh, a unique opportunity that way. If you don't really have to know the market as well, you have to know just the geeks and the decision makers in the in the market. So, um, I think it it just offers a, a a unique new unique way to market, not a magic bullet by any means. I would love for it to spill into the mainstream. I just don't know that it's gonna anytime soon. You know, I I talked to uh, Martini Buster back when MySpace was coming around, and I asked him about um, about personalized search, and his answer was, you know, it's not going to catch on until there's that loyalty there. And right. the reason MySpace kind of has is because there's that rabid loyalty. So his his niece had actually asked him like, how do I get on MySpace at school? And you know, she was willing to go out and research and find out like how to set up a proxy and everything else. Just so she could get on MySpace while she was at school, he's like, "Now that's that's user loyalty. That's you know that rabid loyalty that you need for the adoption of something." Yeah, as a parent, that scares me. But <laughs> yeah, that's I, I would, and I just would like to see it, you know, continue down that path. Other than being driven by fourteen-year-olds, <laughs> primarily the driving force between, you know, my twelve-year-old son that faked his way on there and said his name was Juan from El Salvador and he was 28 years old. That's what a huge chunk of MySpace is. So, well, and, yeah, and, I think, and that's just the thing, too. I mean, you see you're looking at MySpace and you're going, oh, look, they're almost at 100 million sign-ups. Well, I know guys that, that own thousands of MySpace profiles. So it's, it's, it's completely overblown in that regard as well. But it doesn't change the fact that it's worth a jillion dollars right now. The same guys that contributed to the eight billion uh, page count index, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. pretty much. It's funny how that works. Yeah, they're the same guys with you know thousands of Blogspot accounts and sixteen hundred dig accounts, and that stuff doesn't happen. That stuff doesn't happen. Push a button, baby. But you know what? That brings us to the top of the hour. We're actually starting to run a little bit over time, but. Uh, Mr. Malicote, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for sitting in with us. For sure. It's been great, great talking with you guys. And we'll have you to do bet. a part two in the very near future. Because like a deal. we've decided we like having guests on the show because it's less work for us. Exactly. <laughs> and on the way out the door, black hat tip for you. Google Answers has an API. Facebook.com has an API. If you don't know what to do with that, then the tip's not for you. Anyways, thanks, everybody, for uh, sitting in the chat room. Greg and Todd, thanks for being here, and uh, we'll catch you all next week. All righty. <laughs>